0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the Mega Late Show. My name is Phonix, and I'm fucking amazing. Devin, who? So yeah, I guess they were together, right? I think he. I think uh, Goyama did a remix of of one of his tracks, and he's like. Uh, been mentored by him but i don't know if they put out any music together speaking of which mega late show hey i think what do we call this like a conversation type of episode
1: welcome to
0: the fireside chat with Mega hey. late thanks for coming guys hello niggas well i'll put the effects in afterwards <laughs> and post you know make it real nice warm and friendly you know, I, I still I still like the idea of us ordering these as numbers, so by the time that we do like 10 of these, I think if we if we took all of the posts that we have, we have way more than 47. Oh, for sure. 40, like, I think we're probably already at 50. I was thinking we still got stuff in the can we haven't put out. That's true. And I was listening to uh, one of the interviews, and man, I was drunk as fuck during that Second, second Story Samurai's joint. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I was pretty drunk, but it's a good conversation, but since it's recorded with the R9, like, I can't edit out all the dumb shit I say perfectly, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to put this out, but uh, I guess we'll just take this opportunity, um, because we, we've we been hitting it hard last few weeks and putting out some really dope content. Uh, we wanted to kind of discuss those things and some of the shows that we're doing and give the listeners a little bit of an update and kind of do it almost like an episode fashion, but, you know, with just us and shit, so... Word up! I think I might just keep this Devin Who music in the background, actually, so Sounds I don't have good to do post production shit. But yo, Mega Late Show 2018, the number one hip hop podcast in Tokyo, hey, with a bullet on y'all
1: niggas, man. Y'all Absolutely. ain't even out there. That's how much you getting stunned man, on.
0: Friday, every Friday, we we put out an episode featuring people of the culture or people visiting, and uh, we're just really dope right now. To be to be patting myself on the back all crazy For so sure. hard I break my arm for sure no we remain humble and we're really happy to to have worked with the last few couple of guests that we had and uh i definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsors who's been rocking with us for not day one but probably like day 287 or some shit like that our guy cal combs he is uh he's out in new york right now and i'm expecting to see big things from him um our guy devin morrison who has the highest listen to Oh, I should I should I should talk more about the, the sponsorship, right? <laughs> go to go to Calcombs.com and purchase some of his gear. And if you spend thirty dollars on that, then you can get yourself a discount using the Mega Late Show promo code. Lowercase. That's
1: mega Late Show. All lowercase. No spaces. No
0: spaces. Yeah, and so shout out to Calcombs. I hope he's doing well in New York. I haven't spoken to him since then. Um, yes. Also, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Titch, uh, Graphics B Boy, who took some photographs for us at our recent recording with El de Sensei of mm. Artifacts Crew. Yo, that and nigga
1: was in and out like a ninja. Y- you know Yo, what I mean? He rolled in like we had already started recording. He didn't really say shit. He was just like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? But, you know, that's South, like, you know I'm South African, African accent. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then, uh, you know, then
1: I didn't even see him like moving around and shit. And then, like,
0: it was like 15, 20 minutes. Right. Didn't even say bye. He nah, just he's just out. A, I thought he was going to like change the battery <laughs> or some shit. It was like, yo, where's Titch at? No, but, but uh, yeah, he took a lot of really dope pictures. A few of them we've used for. Yeah, you um, can catch them on our yeah. social media. And there's a lot more that we probably should share as well. Um, and some other ones that, that are like artsy, like of our mm. feet with alcohol and shit, <laughs> which is which is a good look, which is a fucking wonderful look. And we're um, it's on brand. Yeah, and also you know if you want to get with Titch, um, I'll put his contact information in the Word. show notes because he's doing a lot of photography out here. He wants to work with people. Yo, big and, ups uh, to Titch, man. He's a good yeah. guy. He's also been listening to our episodes for a long time, and we actually didn't know it was him. For real, you know what <laughs> I mean? It's like yo, somebody's commenting a <laughs> lot. Like, we, we got a fan. Yeah, our first real yeah, fan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so shout out to him, man. And um, I'm, I'm working on doing a banner uh, using one of his photographs with the Mega Late Show fonts and all that. Shit, ah, dope. So soon soon i feel like there was somebody else that i wanted to shout out but i'll probably have to get to that the next episode you want to have like a little bit of a recap of the last did we do episodes? keen we didn't do keen Keenwalking.com. keenwalking.com get that art up 3d god I mean? uh yeah we've got business cards from him Ayo, hopefully uh, you'll get some business cards this is the fireside chat music right here this is where it gets real sensual I, i'm gonna just do dirty south ad <laughs> over it Right. Uh, I'm just gonna do West Side Gun ad libs. I'm gonna actually put those in, put those in from him <laughs> so it sounds like yo, they're really talented. <laughs> yeah, they're really good at doing that. But um, yeah, well let's you wanna just talk about um, the last couple of episodes we did, yo? Oh wait, uh uh Dad Bod Rat Pod? Oh yeah yeah they're really dope too and they're a podcast that uh, i've been listening to since i found them on twitter or maybe like six months ago but um i don't want to fuck up their names so i'm not going to say their names right now uh they're, for, they're out of san jose and it's really interesting nuanced conversations about hip-hop uh they usually focus on a topic and then kind of you know speak about it together and oftentimes they bring in a guest who can kind of elucidate more on those ideas or you know share they've had everybody that's super dope on there um jeff weiss was just on an episode mm. um micah nine mad bee. cats like busy b was on there i think this, oh, shit. They, they get a lot of people and um yeah i really enjoy their conversations so uh, hopefully they come out to japan and we can rock with them one of these days as well shout out to dad bod rap pod mac miller rest in peace mac miller yo yeah man that That shit's kind of heavy i actually didn't realize how universally loved he was in the hip-hop community and it was kind of shocking to me i I mean maybe shocking is not the word i'm looking for but i was i was it, it was really it was really heartfelt for me to see so many people from different types of hip-hop music or different sounds within hip-hop music giving him love everything from the the new kind of trappy rapper guys to legendary artists to like thundercat and just i think that's
1: maybe i was kind of like oh the same way you're feeling because i i just started getting into mac miller the past few years i kind of like put him in a box when he was first coming out so I was aware of his recent activity and the people he was working with. But when I saw a post by like Skyzoo or yeah. Talib Kweli yeah. and they were like, yo, he
0: reached out when he was 17. Only 17 year old on a track with Sky Zoo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had heard his music when he when he first came out, and especially when um, the Lord Finesse lawsuit came into focus. Pizza and Kool-Aid or yeah, something like that. Yeah, which is one of his more popular, you know, joints when when like I think that's kind of the one that kind of blew him up. And, you know, he was monetizing mm. that YouTube, which led to the whole situation with um Lord with Finesse uh, Lord Finesse. And 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 the thing that stood out to me was how absolutely respectful he was during the entire situation he was like you know i love lord finesse's music i didn't want to try to i'm not trying to get over on him or anything like that and i just really appreciate him and to hear him say that for some reason i assumed that he was an older rapper you know what was he 26 when he passed away i i thought maybe he was 26 when that was going down you know i just felt like um, for for somebody to go back to that to that era of music and then to try to you know remake it uh, with their own flavor on it in that day and age, and you know love those guys, I just assumed the motherfucker might be probably closer in age to me, right? At the time, he did and, seem
1: a bit older yeah and carry himself and
0: and i think that's one of the lasting legacies of mac miller is that he seemed to be a person who was you know of the culture really tried to reach out and and help and appreciate a lot of people within the community and just it was all kind of love and i we could see a lot of um growth in his music absolutely Uh, i i didn't i didn't really listen to his earlier work he kind of did the tyler thing before tyler did yeah and and that uh, the album he came out with uh, like maybe two years ago, The Divine Feminine mm. is the first time I listened to him and I was like, Oh, this guy's there's more depth there than I had initially thought. I thought it was just, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. he got fucking tattoos on the back Fat of his rap. hands. I thought it was gonna be some Asher Roth type of, you know, mm. I'm I'm a fun loving white rapper type of shit. But no, it was far from that. And um, just just you know, two weeks before he he passed away, I was listening to his newest album, um, Swimming quite a bit there's a song on there that i really loved and it's it's a kind of a somber album it's kind of like his breakup album from ariana grande and like it, it just he was able to to put me in certain moods and make me feel certain ways and his music was just it, it's it's quality shit man and it's a tremendous loss for the hip-hop community to have somebody who is just so loving and embracing of everybody within the culture yeah and man it seemed like positive, he was man i don't know like
1: a big part of the community but you know he kind of touched a lot of parts of it like uh and just a i don't know a lot about him outside of his music but apparently he was just a cool guy man uh royce has that line on the new Eminem album where he's like the maseratis white and cool like g easy i think mac miller's could have been that other guy you know what i yeah.
0: mean yeah man well you know, rest in peace, Mac Miller. I don't really care to get into any conversations about substance abuse or mental health. We could spend a lot of time discussing that. Really, I just want to say, you know. Um, man. But rest in peace. If you are thinking about something,
1: um ask somebody for help or talk to somebody. Out yeah. here in Tokyo, they've got tell if you want to do it in English. In America, they got hotlines and things like that, you know. If you're feeling a certain
0: kind of way, let somebody know. Uh, you said you didn't listen to the Nas uh, response about Khalees. Is it a video? Or, no, I mean, you didn't read it. Nah. All right. Uh, we I don't I think we have to spend much time on that, but he kind of... He opened up and he gave his position on all the things about the relationship uh, having its problems and how he should have known that a person that would make I hate you so much right now would eventually turn out to be some type of way and uh i'm happy to hear him respond to it because i think that um i think that him not responding is is far worse than mm. to hearing his side of the story because it almost seems as though like i'm not going to say I'm, yeah yeah he's accountable to some degree and who who knows what actually happens it's not like there's receipts or Um, you know any evidence has been produced or there's no lawsuit i mean we've
1: talked about this with a couple different kind of uh incidents where it's like yeah i believe women but me being the person i am i don't really trust anybody sure you know what i mean yeah so now i'm just kind of like well Both of y'all are kind
0: of... It sounds like a real toxic situation. I hope you guys resolve it for the sake of the children. It's Mm. kind of where I'm at. They have multiple children? I I don't know. (laughs) I don't really... I think they got one. I think they... Maybe a son. Yeah, I think they do have one son. But, you know, um, while it is important... Well, while I feel it's important to believe women when they come out about um, abuse and sexual assault... uh, Also, you have to let justice run its course before the court of public opinion tries to you know nail you to you mm. know an X, and i was gonna say a cross but i, I decided not to go with that yeah <laughs> i was gonna say uh, <laughs> yeah. a lynch mob but i kind of stopped myself yeah to... we gotta stop that um but but yeah so just like the gas lamp killer situation sometimes you gotta let it run its course um good for Nas coming out and for both of them i hope they get it together shit all right, let's get on to some more happier type of shit right now and some shit that's not about abuse. Our episode with DJ Quiet Storm was pretty dope.
1: Hey, shout out to my friend, my close personal I, friend I, DJ I, Quiet Storm. I'm, I'm just going to go out on limb and
0: say he I, I call him I call him a DJ BFF. <laughs> Quiet Storm. <laughs> and now I'm like, yo man, like uh number 1, I knew he was the tokyo connect for the living legends i didn't realize that he was still out here really doing his thing like that i thought he was kind of like Arata, the japanese mc that was associated with the living legends like he's the tokyo connect homie when i met him at, i met him at ishi's 90 bpm takeover show which mm. for our listeners is kind of like a a tokyo low-end kind of uh, joint where it's just beat makers and interesting shit i met him there and he could not be nicer and i was like yo um yeah, come do the podcast. He's like, yeah, anytime, man. I'll come out whenever you want. I'm, I'm going to do a couple gigs, and when he came here, like, I had did the knowledge and try to try to find out information about him, but everything was in Japanese, and you know, I'm not, I'm not about to go off any Google Translate type of shit. And his Wikipedia page was so just sparse. It was like, DJ Quiet Storm is that nigga that is just playing music. And it's just like, all right, shit. But when he came in here, man, if you if you were to take a, a shot of alcohol every time that me, Keen, and or even you, <laughs> uh, during the shit, me, Keen, and Dallinger said, wow, you probably drunk in like 35 minutes. Because okay, yeah, it man. was, I was just so surprised about how-
1: A lot of shit. I mean, you obviously knew about him more than I did. And I did, with my little bit of research, I was still just kind of.
0: How does he have Nakamegaro.com? You know, like. Yo, that's crazy. That is
1: a flex. I mean, and the stuff that wouldn't even be out there for us to know about was kind of the most, I don't know, shocking Bro, yeah. things. Like growing up out here, going to high school out here at that
0: period of time, seeing the scene. Tokyo in the late 80s. I mean, really, he's been a part of the entire, like, almost almost the entire growth of hip-hop in in Tokyo. I mean, my
1: man saw them putting down linoleum at Yoyogi Park
0: when they were closing down the street. Yeah, it, it, just the, the wealth of knowledge that he has and his show out here, Tight. He said he saw Crush, maybe Crush, in the park. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, he's just been here doing it. He was... You know, he was DJing before DJ Honda blew up, before DJ Crush blew up. He saw everybody. And and in that and it was like a two-hour episode. Like yeah. we were also having conversations outside of that that were just like enlightening about the scene out here and, and in a way i kind of feel like that episode is a little bit of the embodiment of what i envisioned for the podcast to find people who were in, within the community who had in a, like you know intimate experiences within the japanese community that were also hip-hop heads and for me it kind of doesn't get any better than that because you know i'm a big old underground west coast head as well and for him to be also working with that underground scene i was like this this just is kind of the epitome of what i was wanting to share with people who care about that part of the culture and are interested in japan that's that's it that's our shit and and uh his party tight that he showed, he does with DJ Yaz, they celebrated the 20th anniversary, which is where they brought El Sensei out of, and man, that was kind of the most i felt like I was at an underground hip-hop show. Um, I mean, beat shows are one thing. They feel underground, of course, mm. but on this, they had the main stage, but the, where the real shit was popping was like the other room where it was like an open mic and just Japanese MCs. I've only been MCs. to Asia, like once or twice. Didn't we go to Asia together for like a birthday party or some shit? I've only been there once or twice too, but they've got a smaller room up at the top with a bar and it's just like the dance floor is probably about two or three times the size of the studio and um, people were just rapping. 44 got on air, Omen 4-4 and just back to back just really dope beats and it was just a it was it, it had that vibe everywhere you look people were like smiling at you like yo this is mm-hmm. great and uh, I hadn't planned on staying out all night but I was I was out all night there kicking it with in the green room with and so many people were there Buddha Monk Sarasa Kathy was there um, AG elder omen was in there all of these very kind of connected art individuals who i will never remember their names was like oh this person did this mural or this person is doing right. this or they make fucking boutique i don't know they make boutique nikuman i'm not sure what just happened there that same shit happened at at the uh elder sensei joint are oh, really? just cut out yeah usb Maybe, maybe I got to work on something there. Anyways, back to the fucking episode. I don't know if I'll edit that or just let it fucking be. I'll probably clean it up a little bit. But what you just heard was, that's real life, man. That's how we live <laughs> living out here. You never know what's going to happen and shit. Word. But the tight show was very tight. And during that night, you were at a show. Yes. Uh, because we
1: also recorded... Uh, couple guys named adrian young and ali shaheed muhammad talented guys i think they're gonna go far they're pretty good man (laughs) yeah super talented yo they uh blessed us with the interview uh shout out to ayaka at uh Billboard. billboard And if her name's Ayako, please fly that Ayako into where ayako yeah, we're we'll just replacing shit. we clean this shit up, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. but uh, yeah, yo, um, yeah, man. And they were so nice and gracious. Uh, we had limited time, unfortunately, but we were still able to like get a lot of yeah. knowledge and gems out of them. And it was just great to like be in the same room with those dudes, man. Sometimes I think, man, I was in the shower yesterday. I was like i was like man if these niggas don't want to be on the podcast not the midnight hour just like people we reach out to All other right. people i'm like man nigga the nigga that made bonita applebum was on the podcast Make it get the fuck I mean? out of my face
0: have you heard award tour because <laughs> <laughs> mohammed my man is 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 really just chilling and and to be honest with you i was i was a little bit more nervous during that during that recording just because um, on the press tour, I've seen a few. Uh, the press tour for Luce Kay, Luce Cage, Luke Cage, um, they seem very cool and kind mm. of almost not, not closed off because when they respond, they respond you know, in full with, with you know, you know, full thoughts. They're not interviewing like the Migos or some shit. But I was like, I don't know how cool these guys are going to be with dealing with some just, you know, small, small podcast yeah. out of Tokyo of cats who aren't really doing anything in the scene right now. Besides, you know, working with other people, it's not like we're promoting or, you know what I mean? Right. And so I was like, ah, I wonder how they're going to respond. And they came in and they they were cool as hell, but they were also down to just speak. And, and I felt like that was a little bit of a different episode style for us because i like to think of our episodes as conversational mm. which is where we'll jump in and it's not like we're not it's not like we're trying to make the interview about us but you know we'll combat the an conversation idea and we'll have a conversation it's not us interviewing you but with that i really try to because of the time constraints as well i try to just ask questions help steer the conversation certain ways and let them respond and just yeah i would, yeah. wanted to
1: hear their thoughts on
0: certain yeah. things but there was definitely a few times where I wanted to be like, what? Like, why? Or, or what about this? Or, you know, mm. um, and I was just trying to get stuff out of them. For example, um, the question that I asked about Kendrick Lamar winning the Pulitzer. And um, really, the reason I phrased that question is because I just kind of wanted them to both geek out and be like, this album deserves a Pulitzer. This album deserves a Pulitzer. This album deserves a Pulitzer. But what we got out of it was um, probably better um with adrian, adrian speaking saying, on uh, who are these people and and why do we think that that these uh awards are important to our community yo, we we've talked uh, about that, that conversation so many way times way back uh the grant we've we talked about that a few times uh particularly i think during the asia, asia episode, episode about about the grammys number like, four why do we value this so much and i would have loved to hear ali speak on that because you know q-tip was just like we deserve that grammy for this album you know we should be nominated we should be getting that shit and and that's that's kind of how i feel about it. like who are the people who are establishing what is quality within our community and do we really need to give a fuck are they a part of the community right like who 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 cares and like what type of validation do we really need and that was a that was a uh, I really just wanted him to geek out and he gave us that response. So that was cool, man. Yeah. Also,
1: Ali, like, because I was playing like a lot of Tribe, a lot of uh, Adrian stuff, a lot of Midnight Hour stuff, Luke Cage. And then like towards the end, Ali was like, yo, it just kind of hit me right now. Like some of these beats, you know, Adrian's kind of said the same thing. Like they don't really notice like, oh yeah, we made that because they put out so much music. And Ali was like, yeah, I recognize it was tried, but it wasn't until uh, we, we can, can get, get down. down where he was like, yeah, I felt like I was in the room with Fife again. Man. And I can still remember him saying that and me just being like.
0: I wasn't expecting you to share your feelings so closely. Yeah, man. Uh, like Ali. the weight of. Yeah. All of that. And and it, it punctuates kind of their you know the relationship we had and and how it works for us too you know exactly
1: exactly because i'm like yo these are they're artists to me you know like i know they're people but to me they're like oh that's a tribe called quest you know what i mean not even like they're legends that's just you know oh a tribe called quest like we've talked to artists and you know we get to know them a little bit but whatever whatever but then when he was like yeah it felt like fife was here it was like man they went to high school together they started rapping they've been all over the world they had you know all these things and you know life
0: right they're they're yeah and and no i know we all know that and we know like i I don't want to speak for you but i was deeply affected when fife passed i've i've loved tribe they they are so uh, so much a part of my upbringing and a lot of their approach and their philosophies and uh, so much of their their bars are just incorporated to my way of thinking and how I respond to things and it just knowing that that how much love I have for it, to hear him speak on that in front of us just hearing the beats the same way that I'm like yo fucking I miss Fife to hear him do that and just open up was kind of you yeah. know, like uh, I, I legit all the hair on my body stood up for real yeah uh, shout out to both of them i still think about that experience yeah. often yeah i was pretty high off of that one for a couple days man word and then a couple
1: days later i went to go see them at billboard and it was fucking you got to kick it backstage
0: man. you didn't tell me about that shit at all man y'all was N- chilling and shit? not
1: backstage nah nah uh so i went to the first set and you know they put on an incredible show uh one of the guys they came out with shout out to lauren lauren you said He said he's a singer nigga sang his ass oh, off shit. man it was incredible <laughs> man i was like oh yeah. god i was like man I don't, I don't know why they had you holding that camera i thought he was like you know what i
0: mean like the little errand boy like go roll this blunt or some shit like
1: for real man yeah he, yeah but he killed he was... that shit man they also had a female singer carolina from uh israel i believe tel aviv, tel aviv. Oh, okay uh i'm good appreciate it yeah, and uh, after the show, they were doing, like, a meet and greet, so I talked to them a little bit out there, too. Uh had my man, Zakira with me. Shout out to from, Akira. Uh, Sunday Replay. I want to
0: say Sunday Replay, but they ain't releasing an episode. Akira from hear. Smooth as Eggs. Right, right. <laughs> Akira from uh, those rollerblades and shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, man. And they were just, like, chill, and I got to tell Ali, thank you for sharing that story with Fife. I think if I'd gone to the second show, maybe... Kick it afterward. Maybe, but... I had my own event and like I got too caught up, which is why I didn't come to tight. Right, right.
0: Uh, One other thing about that episode that I thought was that I wanted to kind of build on more and speak about with um, Adrian was how quickly he was like, I'm glad they caught those motherfuckers that did the Blurred Lines track. I'm glad they got See, I I don't think that's what he said. Well, he just he well, Okay, tell me what you what, what you got out of it and I'll tell you what I got. He said, I think it's great.
1: And then, but so when he said, I think it's great, I'm not sure if he was like, I think the blurred lines track is great or I think the decision is great. I thought he was talking about the decision. I, I'm i not sure. But when he elaborated on his um, explanation, he was like, yo, I went to law school. So I can see how it can go either way. Mm-hmm. Like, it really depends on, I guess, the lawyer and the jury. I mean, of course, but, you know. How they present it and how persuaded the jury is. So he was like, yeah, it could have gone either way. So I don't think he was like strongly against or strongly for. He was just like, it's just how it turned out.
0: See, the the reason that I found that kind of a bit precarious is because... It kind of it, it sets an interesting precedent for people who are making music, right? And it, him, him, and Ali coming from such a sample-rich background, and even mm. with the the um, the Luke Cage soundtrack, they're drawing a lot of inspiration from nineteen seventies black exploitation films. A lot of you know old funk and soul. Um, I don't I I don't know enough about all that music to say that this one chord progression is similar to another. But when you talk to people about the actual music that was being that that the blurred lines case was about it's got a vibe but objectively the chord progressions and things are not similar enough to even say they sampled it and so i thought that as a sample based artist that he would be like that's a little bit tricky that's a little bit sticky and he did say that he could see how the case went the way it went and so can i but i kind of worry about what that what that presents i mean for personally
1: i thought blurred lines i thought the decision was wrong but i was kind of and still kind of am anti that song right so i was kind of <laughs> like you exactly know, the same shit. fuck them anyway yeah, fuck
0: y'all y'all should have fought harder or some shit like i mean yeah, yeah they didn't just, really they were like playing around in court and shit yeah like not, like showing, not up. showing up coming yeah. in late you know what i mean dressed all crazy or something i don't know but
1: at the same time like when i was doing research for uh the interview that we were doing with them i kind of got the feeling that adrian was like not so big on like digital stuff anymore so sampling yeah so when he said i love sampling i was like oh okay so i don't think he's biased at all i just think that's just his completely neutral removed lawyer opinion on it
0: yeah I, I would have definitely loved to hear more about that but again in the podcast we're like moving on yeah you know like it we we just kind of like, had to be like that initially yeah, we're to supposed to have a lot more time with them but the the cats things that are they, as they interviewed are. earlier yeah so uh yeah shout out to beep fm yeah shout out to them and then right after Yo, that shout out to all y'all no i'm just kidding <laughs> right, right after right after that we also had elder sensei Ahead, uh, which kind of
1: matches what I was about to do because I was about to do some 94 Source Awards shit right
0: now. Yeah. Bomb on all y'all niggas. Yo, the Mega Late show got some shit. That's going to be my to diss track name, 94 Source <laughs> Awards. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not a diss track already. Like, yo, uh, Corrupt should have made that shit.
1: Hey. Yo, Elda Sensei. Uh, shout out to 4-4 again. Um. And, oh, it is this cable. Maybe it is. And shout out to. Uh, Kathy, Titch, Elder Quiet Z. Storm.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay.
1: Quiet Storm also for helping us make that happen. I mean, shout out to yeah. everybody you just said, but
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, also, you hit L months before and he kind of gave us a go before we even heard that Omen was with him and right. before we knew that he was doing the Quiet Storm show. So, shout out to you as well on that. Hey. I deserve it. Drop a clue bomb. But uh, yeah. Um, he was really dope. At the tight show, I had a conversation. I had a, a long ass conversation with him about a lot of rap stuff, which I wish we could have got into during his episode. But it, there was just, you know, a lot of shit in that that was really dope. As soon as he walked in the studio, he's like, "Hold up, hold up, don't say nothing, don't say nothing." LP or <laughs> Eminem in a battle. Who you got? Who you got? And you know, he got that crazy deep ass Jersey voice and shit. Who you got? And I was like, hmm.
1: That was pretty dope, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and
0: I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun episode. Cause yeah, like because exactly he was want. just
1: like, not not passionate, not animated. The word I'm like, he was engaged from jump. Yeah. He was just like, yo, I'm into these kind of convos and i got something to say i got opinions he
0: almost wouldn't let us start the podcast because he was going on these long this is how battle rap works though you know this is the Mm. best battle rap of all time let me tell you why and then it's like four more minutes like we only got an hour and a half left in the (laughs) studio can we just go yeah but you know i love that i love just uh that's exactly what i want to hear from them i want to hear his opinion on things and he definitely has a very high opinion of eminem like he, he he definitely has a high opinion of Eminem. And I think that that is, that is something like lyrical dexterity and the use of, you know, different poetic devices and especially the way that Eminem crafts his sentences with, you know, a lot of inter-rhymes. Well, it sounded like, like, I don't
1: know L's background as like before he started making records, but it seems like he really appreciated and admired the battle aspect of it the clashing side of it you know the contest of like yo let's go do this shit i mean maybe that's part from him being a b-boy but yeah he like really you know he liked eminem uh pharaoh also got props from him the highest props actually
0: yeah yeah Uh, it's um it's it's an interesting position to have and he definitely comes from that kind of combat sport background. Right. When I was talking to him the night before, he was making a lot of parallels between uh, football and, and rap, kind of framing it in a way that's like, some MCs are the wide receivers they go out there they fucking hit it fast and when they come out they come out clean other ones are you know the linemen who are on the front line and they're they're barraging through and then you have your quarterbacks and then you have the music industry who's coaching all these motherfuckers and and shit like that and he just was making some interesting parallels and i think that he definitely likes the MCs who are fucking those wide receivers like Mm -hmm. the ones who come out clean the ones who are like when you hear it, it's like, that is just too nice. Like there's nobody touching that. It's a whole different rhyme style. And if you look at Pharoah Monch and Eminem, while one could say that Eminem is kind of just like better at doing one style than, than other people, Pharoah Monch is definitely, uh, he was one of the kind of weirdo rap stylists using sing song style and, and um, different kind of lyrical devices. And even in the earliest shit that he made. And he's kind of like an alien MC in that way. There's no other Feral Monch mm-hmm. MC. And outside of just his voice sounding, uh, you know, distinct. So, yeah, I think he just really fucking digs that. So, shout out to him. And for the record, I was thinking a lot about that LP versus Eminem battle that he presented us with.
1: I mean, you didn't give your answer on the podcast.
0: Well, he didn't. We weren't recording.
1: No, I'm saying, like, nobody oh. knows what you answered oh, anyway. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking a lot about it, man. and. And maybe we could use this to segue into talk about Eminem's new album and the whole controversy that's been going down, but uh, I think that I think that it's a closer battle than what L presented. L was Desense. like L, yeah, L descent. Uh, yeah, excuse me, I should make that distinction for this, right? Then L Desense- You know, I was on the
1: phone with LP last night. Yeah. And he was like- <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah, he's like, yo, I got him all day. Um, you know. I think the way that L was framing I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm speaking for him but what I got for from it was that he just views MSM as being an assassin when it comes to bars that are particularly scathing about you that are not personal. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's going to he's going to give you the rap about, you know, putting your your dick in your ear and then, you know, all those type of interesting things where he gets at you. Um, I mean I think that if L had to do it, he's gonna come on the personal level, like he did against Soul, like he did against Esoteric. And if you compare both of their careers, who both basically started at the same time, and the trajectory of their careers, you have one MC who is the highest selling hip hop artist of all time, whose um, whiteness definitely played a role in his popularity, Mm. whose content is definitely more juvenile and, typically a little bit more toxic and using uh, things that get people like controversy sparking Mm -hmm. and then you have LP who's kind of been maintaining this independent as fuck hip hop integrity stance all through his entire career who's now having the most success of his entire career with Run the Jewels and I think that There's a lot of firepower that almost anybody can use against Eminem right now because his career is just so in the forefront. The lines that um, Machine Gun Kelly was saying about him, those could have been podcast lines just spoken. And it's still like, damn, that's kind of true, Eminem. And I think that LP might be able to get at him on that way. You know what I mean? But battles like, yo, I'm going to fucking staple your dick to your thigh. And then I think Eminem's going to get anybody.
1: I don't want to sell Eminem short at all like even when you See, were talking yeah, I about do.
0: i do a lot of times you even know that. even
1: when you were talking about uh he does a particular style better than some people if if we're gonna say it like that i would say he does it to the, to the extreme to the best yeah better than yeah 99 of people
0: yeah oh yeah i, I, I kind of when
1: you said he's that the most technically like i'm thinking now when you said that it's kind of like if when rakim came out i was like oh yeah he's
0: doing this style like better, better than, than everybody <laughs> he's doing a rap right, right. no i, I mean he, and even on the podcast we say rockem says if eminem was black he would be considered the greatest mc hmm. i think that
1: also he is like with his very good at what he does i just don't like it i mean yeah eminem's juvenile but he also like he ruins careers with truth you know what i mean it's not it's not just you know ether, battled, but it's though? also takeover i mean ben at the Zino? time at the time, cannabis wasn't a slouch when they were going at each other. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: I, yeah. Does M have a classic diss track?
1: Yeah. Is it the, the, Benzino the Hail Mary
0: remix? He also has a, a song is. called uh, Do Re Mi. Okay. See, am you're a bigger Eminem fan than I am. I've always appreciated his ability and I've loved his freestyles on this wake up show and a lot of tracks, the sound bombing two joint and sway in tech joints. But when it came to his albums, I've just never really Yo, loved them. He Eminem has a lot of good shit. He's like battling Everlast, going against Jermaine Dupri. He's got a lot of shit. Yeah. I thought Everlast didn't fucking like he wasn't slaughtered in that either though. Like I, I don't know, I don't see him ending anybody's career. Benzino's career was already in question. The Come only on, reason we talk about him is because he owned fired as as the source, right? Yeah, I was about to say, when's the last time you read the source? I don't think that that falls on Eminem though. That's that's. There was a whole double XL Source magazine integrity and journal. I mean, not thing by himself, like but
1: I mean part of that. LL Cool J didn't single-handedly in Cannabis' career. It's like a lot of factors come yeah, together. Yeah. I, I,
0: Well, I, I don't want to go off too much in a tangent about how much I appreciate Eminem because I do think that, like you said, I think that he, when it comes to that style of rapping, which is, for for to, to use a cliche word, like the lyrical miracle type of shit, mm. he's, he's better than everybody. When it comes to the high degree of difficulty and crafting lines, how much you care for that is, is another thing. Mm. Um, like we were talking about the, the um, what was it? The fucking Most Deaf, Black Thought, the and cypher. Eminem Cypher. Uh, he was like, everybody changed. And I was like, well, Eminem did a whole different thing. If you listen to what um, uh, Most Deaf was doing, like every single line was about Brooklyn, right? So he went out there with the intent to do that, and he finessed it with style, and that's what he's talking about. They're approaching rap in a different way. Most Deaf is not trying to be technically proficient in the same way as Eminem, and Mm. neither is Black Thought. None of them try to do that, and Eminem just does that better than anybody, maybe. It's like, if you look at uh, MCs with very high degrees of difficulty, say Aesop Rock, Eminem, and Cannabis, all of them are doing very high-level types of raps, but they're all completely different. And I think Eminem definitely excels in what he does. He's better than, anybody that tries to do that is probably not gonna be good as Eminem. Now, his albums, speaking of his albums, did you listen to all of Kamikaze? Oh, yeah. I, I I'm didn't, still get, I didn't get through all of it. I didn't get through all of it yet. Um,
1: I mean, I just, there's... I don't know.
0: Actually, Something about Eminem for me.
1: It's his best work in a long time, maybe a decade. Uh, but there are like four or five tracks that I keep on repeat. One of them being the track with Royce I mentioned earlier, where I showed his Eminence verse to Akira and just because it's like so mind-blowing, like, you know, he continues off of what Royce has set up or what they've established. And then he does this crazy line where he's like, "Um, oh, fuck. Where he's talking about Machine Gun Kelly being featured on a Tech9 song, and I guess Tech, uh, Machine Gun Kelly sent a subliminal at Eminem on that track, and the way Eminem addresses this is so like talking about his lyrical ability. He's like, um, "So keep on thinking, blah blah blah. Fuck, I can't remember the exact line, but the the." The punch is something like so you don't gotta link you don't gotta bring a tech nine if you want to come at me with a sub machine gun Uh, and that
0: line right there is just there's also like a r kelly yeah and and right after that line the beat switches
1: and then he goes something about r kelly
0: yeah because the daughter is like yeah, talking about his daughter and then it's like machine gun yeah and then right after man. that it's
1: just like like that rhyme that we're talking about like i, I was saying to akira i was like yo he could have stopped at that one line about machine gun kelly and then kept going on like all right i dissed you but he was like nah fuck you beat change about to beat your ass for two minutes just boom 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 and if you've heard that verse then you know it's not just i'm not giving enough credit he's like really going in on this yeah. dude and i was just like man this is fucking incredible
0: i love yeah, this he's Eminem. he's, he's it, it definitely is like uh because i mean like do rag and, and <laughs> exactly right and he says it right you know yeah
1: i'm big i don't have to answer you guys if i do it i lose you know Mm. the same kind of jay-z shit but he's just like nah fuck y'all and that's pretty much what the whole album is it's like fuck you fuck you he did like the the uh shit what's that movie dave Chappelle. half-baked he did uh, he did like the half-baked
0: thing fuck you fuck you you're You're cool cool. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm out okay yeah i mean I, I uh, It's one of those things where I can listen to a track separately, but trying to get through a whole album is a little bit too much content for me. I understand. And I don't listen it to overwhelming. the whole album. It was overwhelming. At the whole way through anymore. And, and and to be honest, I'm getting kind of tired of his aggressive, angry flow. That The one that he's kind of been using for over the better part of a decade, kind of where it's like aggressive, um, almost double time at times. I kind like of feel his like this flows. is...
1: Yeah, I think that flow is gone.
0: Well, on on uh normal, the last verse of normal, he switches it up and does kind Kind of of sing songy. I fucking dig it, because the bar structures are still there, but it's sing songy and you're like if you're if you're like me, you're anticipating the word that's going to rhyme next, and it's like he throws it off just a little bit and then can yeah, I I I really like that. I mean, he is
1: trying like new flows, like he does like the triplet thing, which I'm not a huge fan of when he does it, but I mean. I really like aggressive i have something to say to you eminem more than here are some yelling raps over a, a pop song with a singer on the hook
0: yeah overall i i haven't got through kamikaze so it's not fair to give me for me to give like a a final opinion on it. Have you heard this, the tracks that people are talking about? I did listen to the tracks like The Greatest and some of the other ones that had like the, the bars on it that people were like, he gets at him here. But like, uh, or man. as far
1: as like the specifically the
0: Tyler, the yes. Tyler bar, yeah. How I've, do you I've feel listened- about that? I don't feel any particular way about like, I, I guess I just don't give a fuck about Eminem getting at any of these people. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It's like you're getting it, well I mean, Now you're getting it. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly shit was like fucking years ago. Well, I've, I've
1: yeah, probably. I, th- I, I don't think, know. I just he he, he mentioned that shit. also, like, because he said something about Charlemagne. He's like, sorry if this is late. That's just how long it takes stuff to get to me.
0: the The Joe The Joe Budden diss was pretty fucking weak. He talks about like hitting oh, yeah. a woman. It's like, yo, your whole career is based upon a lot of these tropes and shit. Like, Word. I mean, weren't you accused of that as well? That's just such a weak bar to give to an interview. Yeah, I think of he's, he's crossed that already.
1: I, yeah, it's I think just weird. Um, like I've seen a couple think pieces, and I hate these fucking things that Pitchfork or NPR put out or whatever. Right one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand
0: those shit. Yeah, was, I hear you.
1: But uh, like they're just like, especially when the headlines or the titles like. Oh Eminem's still the worst rapper, and it's still bad and angry, and right. his beefs are bad too, right. or whatever right, the fuck right. they want to write. Uh, the whatever best, gets the them best the, video,
0: the best 14-year-old video gamer to yeah. rap ever. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Some you know, shit like that. You know
1: but, Call of uh, Duty raps. I've seen people like talk about the Tyler line because he uses the f word, uh, get, yeah, but I'm he bleeps it out or whatever. Yeah,
0: what I mean. I don't know how I feel about that. I think I know how I feel about it. I think it's fucking corny, it's lame, and it shows that Eminem is just kind of... dis. He's distanced himself from from the oppressed cultures at this point. Like, you you can't do that shit in 2018. Nah, I don't man. agree with that You just can't that at do all. that. Because, I mean... And I I don't know if I want to say this. i still using it in a way that's like, it doesn't have to do with you being gay. It has to do with you being... No, it's
1: not the usage of the word. I think it's the person it's applied at and the context of it being used. Because he's kind of quoting Tyler, which he probably shouldn't be doing.
0: But since it's Tyler, I'm kind of like, well tyler's built his career off the back of doing very that problematic too. And we had the conversation with about him word. Like, coming out somewhat yeah uh, on his last string i mean uh, i don't i don't appreciate any of the rappers doing that when when royce, royce does it it's like ah, i really love this track up until that point royce and just i don't want to be complicit to that type of language mm. uh like other conversations we have with people when they're being homophobic it's just like hey uh, no, why don't we just dead the conversation? We're not going to get anywhere.
1: I will give Eminem the teentiest amount of credit for bleeping the word out or whatever they did to it. But yeah, uh, I think it's just cause it's Tyler. Like if he had came at like somebody else, like but
0: a Tyler Nick Cannon line about it or some shit, you know, <laughs> would be kind of like,
1: uh, yeah. Like where did that come yeah. from? <laughs> but yeah, Tyler with his history is just kind of like, mm, it's already kind of murky
0: i i do see eminem as a dude that is just kind of like separate like he's in his castle somewhere he has no idea what's going on with social media and that's why i think that like to be that tone deaf to to even use it in that way again and and just to like edit it it just seems like is it is it calling for controversy in order to get more attention or like
1: tone deaf at all i mean with the uh Devastating freestyle to Donald Trump, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true and there was a couple like What what one might consider woke tracks on 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 his last album where he's talking about like, you know police violence and shit like that but uh, you know I I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure about Eminem. we've had countless conversations uh, About like my position on him and I just um, for whatever reason he's just never been an artist that's stuck with me it's one of those things where it's like I recognize the inherent qualities of his ability but I just don't really care that much kind of like people might feel about like a Danny Brown it's like oh he makes interesting music and he has the abilities but his voice throws me off with Eminem it's it's his voice a lot of times but it's also a lot of the content and a lot of the bars Uh, and especially when he's doing like you know the fucking the dog rap voices and shit years ago it's like i don't want to hear (laughs) any of that courage the fucking coward i don't even know what dog it was you know what i mean but it's like yeah just don't ever (laughs) do in your whole life like uh, i'm supposed to hear this triumph oh yeah triumph the fucking uh the the weird ass dog i mean uh, that's funny i forgot about look just i I wanted what i wanted to do for this podcast was to talk about drugs
1: are bad man drugs are bad
0: Drugs are very bad. Dude. <laughs> what, what, what initially I presented to you when we planned on doing just a speaking episode a few weeks back was to talk about people's fan bases. Because mm. I saw a little bit like a meme, not a meme, but like a... a a picture where it's like who has the worst fan base, and it's like Wu Tang, Kanye, fucking Eminem, all these other rappers and shit. And when I was looking at, it, I was like, yo, I hate the fans of all of these fucking groups. Word. Like even Wu Tang fans. So many times I found I find a person who's like Vietnamese for Wu Tang, and they can't tell you shit about it. You know what I mean? It's like name all nine members, and they're like they forget like Master Killer Damn. or some shit. You know what I mean? It's just like. I'm still a nine-member Woo fan. I'm talking about the original 36 Chambers guy. I'm a four elements guy, too. No, uh, not five. No, but I just, like, when it comes to fandom, I I find that in in a lot of cases, people are such fans that they don't have anything critical to say about their favorite artists. Um, and when it's like, I think that being critical of your favorite artists is... Uh, an important part about being a fan of somebody yeah. and I, I i'm a fan of a lot of people i'm a fan of eminem but i'm not a fanatic i mean i see fanatics and that's, that's what pretty irritates me that's
1: a problem all over the world right now like culturally people are very tribal you know they like latch onto something kind of
0: like this football like approach yeah to the, like, like the teams teams like they no matter they attach can't do any their wrong
1: identity to it like so strongly they don't want to see it fall or in a negative light anyway in any way
0: yeah motherfuckers is like i told you eminem was the number one rapper of all time and i'm just like yo that's cool that you still use this metric to decide who is making the best music or the best set rapping but i've been off that
1: yo like, you know eminem kanye andre fonte fucking lloyd banks big l likes tupac saved my life man yeah if them well, niggas I do some play. bad shit, you know. Sorry nigga. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey yo, you, you stubbed your toes. Yo, I you appreciate know? I appreciate what you yeah, did, man. But yeah. 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 yeah it, I mean, and it goes back to like canceling artists and shit. Like mm. I don't need, even need to do that because my fandom is not based upon this thing where I hold people in such this high regard that if they make mistakes, it completely tarnishes right. everything that's been accomplished. I mean, I'm, right now I'm wearing an Allen Ginsberg shirt, and he's problematic fondling boys and shit, probably alongside William S. Burroughs, and but he did a lot of good, too, so...
1: They the lyrical rape miracle is they back but <laughs> they, they, <rape> what
0: they <laughs> save yeah the lyrical miracle is back um shit let's go ahead and start wrapping this up do you want to tell people about upcoming shows or anything like that yeah can i use your phone yeah hold on let me let me get you there um i do feel like there was a shout out we missed harry sandwich shop was one that we didn't oh, mention
1: um but somebody was on somebody's podcast recently you said
0: I forget all of these things. It's early in the morning right now. We never record this early. Just drinking a bunch of coffee. I'm about to get ready for work in like 10 minutes.
1: Yo. Shows, you are listening to this on the 14th. Tomorrow at Shibuya, sorry, at Kitsune. Shibuya International is going down. Uh, My man's Jordan. He runs that event. And he's going to have my guy Akira DJing there. Also, Yuri Nagahori, The Skips, and I Am Jesse will be at that show. I Am Jesse. That's 8 to midnight. Also, that same day, Nucleus and Surf Villy is going down at Club Heavy 6-0. I think they do that every third Sunday. Um, on Monday, the 17th, we'll be doing Smooth as Eggs in Azabu Juban. That's... Uh, from 7 to eleven thirty ish that's me and akira yo we're getting some people to come out if we get some more people to come out more people will be coming out that would be cool
0: and if they come out they'll be out
1: there so hey, pay
0: attention to that
1: once you're out you're out man uh palladium lab with shory bradshaw that's every first and third tuesday and fifth tuesday that's at rep that's going down next week on the 18th. Also, shout out to Kokimura and DJ Hero and DJ Koji Nakamura and Nas Chris with Underdigit. That goes down at Insof every Tuesday. Um, I Am, the French rap group, is going to be performing at Duo Music Exchange on the 19th. That's Wednesday from uh, 7 to 11.30. That's in uh, Shibuya Duo Music Exchange. Super Plume is going down that same day from nine to late. That's uh, at Contact. And that's a bunch of people whose names I'm not going to say except for DJ Yass, who is our man, DJ Quiet man. So go hey. catch that out at uh, Contact on the 19th. On the 20th, Berlin is going down at Ruby Room. I need to write that. Uh, that's Mark Jackson and Jordan again. Jordan mm-hmm. Bradley, Jay Brad's uh, event. Uh, me and Eto will be putting on a set there if I can fix my fucking equipment. So okay. come check us out on Thursday from 7:30. And then next Friday on the twenty first, BLK is going down at Sound Museum Vision. That's going to be Salu, Jin Dog, DJ Fu, Kaze, some kanji I can't read. Sorry, sorry, sorry. DJ Chari, Chube, and DJ Copero. And that's from ten to early in the morning at Sound Museum Vision. Oh, and the twenty second, uh, the Ocean and I has a show at berry slash just not another space just another space not another space in nakameguro and that starts at 9 30 and on the 7th of october speakeasy is going down at ride in shinagawa or tennozo airu i think that's the name of the station uh and that's in collaboration with Life Park, my other crew. Shout out to L and Ryota and uh, Tomoki and everybody else out there. And the special guest will be DJ Marley Marl. So you do not want to miss that. And if you do, you can catch the live stream, which Megalacho will be helping produce on Speakeasy's YouTube page. And the following Friday... Whatever date that is, you can listen to a Marley Marl interview right here on The Late Show. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's all going down. A lot I of shit's going it. on. Yeah, also, we're going to probably be live streaming a Tokyo Was Here party in October. So pay attention to that for more details. Word. Yo, I got to reach out to more people.
1: Oh, uh, shout out to Harry Sandwich Company also, again, because uh, I play there every last Friday. So come through Harajuku. Right there on Takashita Dori, Takashita Street. And uh, yeah, come
0: get some sandwiches and some tunes. Megalade Show 2018, episode 942.
1: Hey yo, yo, fuck all this B Boy shit. Yo, 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 we here at the 94 Soul Awards. <laughs> Y'all niggas still out here talking some shit?
0: Hey yo, the Megalode label. Yeah, I yo, was come gonna say the Megaloj- show got something to
1: say. All these other producers in the background turning mics up and down.
0: We are very handsome. Come to MLS.